Okay, it's recording. How do you want to do the intro? I don't want to, like, introduce myself. I don't want to be like, and I'm Chris. Yeah, and I'm Alexander. I don't want to do the thing where I'm like, so, Chris, how's it going today? And you're like, hey, Alexander, because that also seems fake. Yeah, but it's like, I don't want to be pretending like we're in second grade introducing ourselves in class, so I don't really know how we're going to... I mean, I feel like it can just be, I'm Chris. I mean, yeah, shit. <laughs> You're Chris. I'm Alexander. On this podcast, we talk about TNG and other stuff. Boom. Engage. What? You know, engage, like Picard says. Make it Don't so. Say engage. <laughs> engage. Okie doke. Season one, episode 10. 10. Here we are, our 10th podcast. We'll start with a synopsis. Chris, you want to go for it? All right, so Deanna Troy has to get married, and Riker's not happy about it, and then Deanna's fiancé is having visions of a hot blonde chick, and they don't know why. And then turns out the hot blonde chick is a member of this race that's almost extinct the Torellians. the Torellians. classic and alien then, name <laughs> i wrote that <laughs> and then uh and then her fiance decides he wants to go and hang out with the Torellians for the rest of his life because he's a medical doctor and they have some supposedly incurable disease uh and also he's in love with the hot blonde chick Who's also been dreaming of him for uh, a reason that was at best vaguely described, but also maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I was trying to figure out why they were connected. There was some line about everything being connected in the universe and that's it. They were both open to it or something. Yeah, that some, there was some line about uh, like Deanna Troy's mom said something like, uh, all yeah, all life is like connected in a ways that we cannot perceive, or something like that. Uh, and that was the only explanation we got. That's why like he's a... been drawing this woman his whole life. <laughs> right. And then at the end, he goes onto their ship, and there's like these framed sort of pictures from of him for his whole life on the wall of the ship. Right. And then that's pretty much the episode i mean yeah dana troy's mom's in it yeah this guy's parents are in it wharf what is it no what is it with yeah okay except except wharf was in it he was <laughs> there was a there was a a dude with like thinning hair on top and it was kind of long in the back and he had a really deep voice that was very wharfish and i was like that's just wharf in a human skin oh, oh yeah the guy the who was that, like the transporter chief or something that yeah, was like in yeah, a couple that scenes knocked, that he, yeah they, like her fiance knocks him out at the end when he yeah. wants to go over to the trillion ship i was like that's wharf wearing a human skin right now like yeah in, in um, white face human skin yeah <laughs> right exactly um right that part could have easily been played by wharf in fact it actually yeah, makes not? sense that it would have been him kind of yeah. What? Yeah. It was just too much of a coincidence, though, 
Um, that they obviously look the I'm same. Being, yeah, I'm not being literal, but it was the resemblance was too close for me to think that it was not on purpose. They said they had the same balding pattern. That's for sure. Good, yeah. good observation. I didn't realize. I mean, it was <laughs> it was exactly the same hairstyle, <laughs> and he had a super deep voice, and uh, Worf was nowhere to be seen. Right. So like, Worf was sick again. Worf has yeah. chronic fatigue. And so every once in a while, he just... Worf has... Does Worf have polycystic ovaries? <laughs> exactly. I hear that causes chronic fatigue. He has space chronic fatigue. <laughs> the warp drive just... Working the warp drive just really tuckers him out, and he has to sleep for weeks. Some people are, who have polycystic ovaries are probably not going to be happy that I... <laughs> I don't even know I... what that means, but... I, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing funny about polycystic ovaries. I don't even know what that is. I'm sorry if you have it. And Worf. Yeah. But Worf also has it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, <laughs> the Klingon version. Um, uh, yeah, so chronic fatigue. Um, and that's how I feel after watching this episode <laughs> that I got this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's what I liked about this episode. Yeah, let's start with that. Yeah. <clears throat> what I liked about this episode is that um, no one's lives were really in danger. That this, <sighs> Except for the entire a, planet of Haven. Not really. Only if that infected race, you know, decided to just land wherever they wanted to. But um, The ship wasn't in danger, that's for sure. No, yeah, really, there was there was no real danger the whole episode. I mean, there was like the possibility of danger, but no imminent threat, you know. So mm. I appreciated that. It was cool that we finally got a break from everyone's about to die all the time. Uh, yeah. And what I, else did I like? I, I mean, still thought the stakes of the Terillion ship were a little bit like dramatic. It's like, oh, you know, they've extinct all their planets that they've sent their refugees to. And, like, I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> We're so exhausted with this season. <laughs> chronic fatigue. And I was just like, can't they just tractor beam their ship out of the way? And then, like, ten minutes later they did that. I was like, why did they even not – why did they have to think about that? They're like, oh, well, we don't want to blow this shit up. Like, Tashi Yar, of course, goes to, like, well, I could, sh- I could definitely disable it with phasers. And it's like, why? Just move yeah. it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And also, why were they not... Res- okay, I'll get into all of that shit in a second. Go on. <laughs> what um, else did you like? <clears throat> what else did I like? I mean, Riker and Troy's uh, feelings for each other and relationship was... Like, it was a nice moment of development between them. Uh, when they're in the holodeck, I mean, because we hadn't really gotten <clears throat> into explicit statements of feelings for each other until now, it was just sort of nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. And they so, had that word. What was my dad kept saying it during the episode? Ingadi. Is that what it was? Imzani or Imzani. yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it was a nice moment. Um, it's nice to see Riker being vulnerable. Uh, I believe. I mean, I believe it. Yeah, he he like seems pretty angsty in a real yeah. way. He was yeah. doing a good job acting. Yeah, he was very 
you know, sort of somber and like, but also yeah. being respectful. Like I need to go think about the Torellian situation and then go be emo in his holodeck. Right. But <clears throat> it aside from that, other than that, spare me, spare, <laughs> like give me a break with all the feelings and Deanna Troy and that stupid guy. Like, yeah, that she's betrothed to, I mean, like, yeah. And the kiss that they have, like, dude, and Star Trek Deanna, kiss. Tro- Deanna Troy was just gonna, she was just gonna straight up leave with that dude. She was gonna go through with it. You know, like, it just seems very counter. Like that was my first note, right? It's like, so they get what I was calling the Harry Potter chest. Cause that technology was Harry Potter technology. You know, it's like his books that have like the mouths on them. They yeah. shipped like this wedding gift and it's like a face and it's like, hello. Oh, that you was would creepy. Be. That was creepy as fuck. And that it was, was Harry like... Pottery. Like it wasn't technology. Yeah. That was like magic. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then it, yeah. And then it, and then it just shit out gems. Yeah. That scene, <laughs> dude, that's a Harry Potter. I was like, this is like a scene from Harry Potter. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So I was like, they're super judgy on capitalism and like everything else. And like the Ferengis are made to look like savages for being like women, human women in clothing. But then the yeah. Betazoids, this like hyper evolved race, still does arranged marriages, which I was writing in 2020 is, is considered to be regressive and fucked up. And they haven't evolved past that. Like, and why does it have to be naked? <laughs> in a culture where the whole thing is that they can feel each other's feelings, and like uh-huh. people that get forced into arranged marriages are like upset, and it's like you can feel that, you know for a fact that this is what this person's feeling, and you're still going to force them to marry this person? I was like, maybe Klingons. You would but... think of all the races, the ones who can non-verbally feel each other's feelings, like a basically a race of empaths, right? Wouldn't like, wouldn't force each other to marry people they don't want to marry. Right, exactly. It's super exactly. counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's super <laughs> I'm trying to think of an analogy, but like it's so bizarre. It's such it's like it's like a mermaid being forced to like get married out of the water. Like it just makes no sense, you know? Like I just don't it seemed pretty contrived. Um yeah, so that again, so I, so I was talking to my dad during the episode about how I thought it was annoying that they they were like, um, "What is this thing?" So the episode starts, Riker like uh, goes into the transport room, and you know, human Worf and Tasha Yar are in there, and they're like, "Oh, they're trying to send a gift from this planet, uh, but we don't know what it is," and and they're like, "Okay, just send it up anyway." And then right. it appears, and it's almost like, again, why the fuck are they just transporting random objects onto their ship? And my dad said the transporter won't beam bombs or germs because they have like a, you know, like a, a way to tell what it is. But I was like, that to me, I've, one, I've never heard that said. And two, if that's true, then how come half the episode's premises are something beaming onto the ship that they didn't know? <laughs> like that... <laughs> that kind of is disregarded by the fact that in that one episode, the Ferengi or they beam that like mind control device on, they beam yeah. five fucking diseases on like, 
it doesn't seem consistent to me it's like they're just like okay whatever like we'll just beam this shit on we have no idea what it is right we'll beam it straight into picard's uh room without right. checking what it is so again also like maybe the transporter room is like locked down right but like they have no spacesuits on like you would assume that they have like some sort of protocol like they beam it behind like into like an enclosed space just in case yeah but no that was in that whole first scene i was just like oh god here we go i have another positive thing to say good um i liked i liked what picard had to do in this episode um like this was a good Picard episode because he's just like forced to be overly polite and put up with put up with like the bitchy mom trope, you yeah. know, like <laughs> um You like liked, you liked that? Yeah, yeah, I like that he just had to sort of like suck it up and deal with it. And because it's Picard, he doesn't really even mind that much. It was just fun to see him have to be like hyper polite. Um I just Even didn't understand was... why he was doing that. That that was my problem with it. It was fun for him to be like out of, you know, fish out of water. But I'm like, why the fuck is he carrying her bag? I kept writing because like, he's... doesn't Picard have, Picard. doesn't he have anything better to do? He's like the captain yes. of a ship of thousands of people. Like he... Yes, but he's also a diplomat, right? So fair I enough. Get... Yeah. And he's, and he's like a super polite, nice person too. Right. So especially, you know. It's a crew member that he's fond of, and this is her mother, so it makes sense that he would want to be super polite to her. It's it, it, but and it was just yeah, it was funny. Okay, I can. I'm glad you liked that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I liked was that when Wyatt, which is her betrothed's name, comes onto the ship, he like gives her this rose, that's. Mood, a, mood, a mood rose a mood, a mood rose, rose. <laughs> i thought that was cool i was like whatever that's cool Do you like that i thought that was corny as fuck <laughs> i like uh i like alien f- fauna i wish there was I more of that this, i got this out of the uh i got this out of the betazoid vending machine for yeah, you spencer's on haven yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it was kind of lame but i was also like you know what i thought it was going to come back into play like the rose was changing colors throughout the time i thought he was going to say like it, it's blue when you're in love and then she was going to be by Riker and he was going to see it. I was like, oh, they could have done some cool stuff with that. But yeah, they didn't. Um, and, yeah, weird that they didn't take this opportunity to demonstrate that Troy definitely wants to be with Riker. Yeah, she seemed pretty sad at the end. She's like, goodbye forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, di- didn't you not really want to do this? Like, Riker's, I- my, Riker's my second choice. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, they keep saying like Riker wants to be a starship captain more than anything and he's like that's not all I want and she's like she just keeps saying like, that the rest of the episode yeah, she's like, like she's like no no that's his that's his uh that's his main goal that's, he's like he's obviously really he wants, pretty yeah. into you and a good person <laughs> like I don't think it's, he's not like this super ambitious dick He's like selectively hearing what she wants to hear from him. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, and, I, I and, love you. I love you. And I want to be a starship captain. Oh, you want to be a starship captain? <laughs> he just, he just <laughs> wants to be a starship captain. That's all he right. wants. He's like, no, that's not, that's not what I want. Literally. There's a scene where she says that. And one of the weirdest things of dialogue, she says something to him and she's like, do you understand what I'm saying? 
but the way that the dial the way that the dialogue is like acted or said is so confusing it's like this it's like how are you did you hear what i'm saying that's how close the lines are together i was like was she supposed to wait for like a couple seconds for him to not respond it's such a weird you know what i'm talking about in that one scene she's like telling him that she's getting married and he's just like does he give him a second to respond (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck And then also in that scene, or like that's like it's like walking into a room and being like, "Oh hey Bob, hey why didn't you say hi to me?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, it's ridiculous. Um, so, <laughs> and then right before that, like P- Picard's in the room. They're in his office again. God, I'm trying so hard to be positive. I really am, but I just can't deal with some of this shit. Um, they're in his office, right? They talk to him, and then he leaves his own office, and they're standing in there, right, having a conversation, a personal conversation, which is bizarre. But she was like, oh, he's like, do you, um, will you be here with your husband? And she's like, no, I'll be leaving. And it's like, I was like, does she have, like, a contract? Can she just leave whenever? Is that allowed? Like, uh, that seems kind of confusing. Also, again, is she part of the crew? I still don't know because she's wearing, in this episode, she's wearing... Almost a real outfit. The cleavage is minimal, but it looks like she's wearing underwear on the outside of her clothing. It's like this gray jumpsuit with like a orange sort of lacy underwear. Whatever, I guess. Yeah, it was weird to me that she was just like, <clears throat> like I kind of assumed being in the crew was sort of like military service. Yeah. Right? That, you know, you have like a set amount of time that you're obligated there to be there. Right? And, uh, Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, just at the drop of a hat, you know, she's like notified that she's been engaged. She's like, well, I'm done with I never thought now. this would happen. And I was like, yeah, you what? Didn't? Yeah. <laughs> no like, one knows know, about like, this. Doesn't Riker, wouldn't Riker like know somehow that in their past she said like, you know, I'm betrothed to this guy. So this might happen. She's never mentioned it before. Or even considered that it might happen. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to be arranged to this guy, like, but right. I never considered it would happen. Why? I never considered it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's this. So there's one part where she says to, they're waiting in the like transporter room, and like the guy's parents come, and then the guy's there, and they leave because they say like, oh, you know, uh, Dan Troy's mom, Oksana Troy, won't beam in while we're still in the room. Um. I was like, okay. And then I, she's like, by the way, she's very eccentric. And I kind of was picturing uh, Susie from Curb Your Enthusiasm being her mom. I think if I would have cast the mom, it would have been perfect. Just because she's like so annoying. And she almost was that same character. Just like super yeah. over the top. And apparently, again, my dad was telling me that apparently that's Gene Roddenberry's wife. Who is okay. in all of the Star Treks. And plays the voice of the computer a lot of the time. Her name's like Marjorie Barrett, I believe. So that was interesting. There's a couple interesting character actors in this. Oh, Majel Barrett. Majel Barrett. And it's Loxana Troy. Excuse me for the Trekkies out there that are listening to our podcast. Um, So... There's a couple things. Loxana Troy has what what I can understand to be a slave... That's played by the guy who played Lurch on The Addams Family and who was in Twin Peaks. The guy who plays Wyatt was also in Twin Peaks. 
I was like, that's bizarre. And then the mom was in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm as this annoying lady who's on the side of the road. And I was like, oh, I recognize her. So there's like a lot of these like, I was kind of distracted by like seeing these people's faces. I was like, where do I know that guy from? Where do I know that guy from? Like every yeah. every person in it, that was like a sort of had a bit part in this episode. I was like, who is that? Why are they in this episode? Why do I remember them from somewhere else? And the fact that yeah. the two of them were in Twin Peaks, I was like, I wonder if David Lynch watched this episode and was just like, that guy, that tall ass guy, and Wyatt for some reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. So we definitely have to talk about his name was Mr. Hom. And I was like, yeah, cool, I guess. He's like this big dude who drinks a lot. And he's hitting this gong during this dinner, which was an excruciating scene. <laughs> it was just so. So they, for some reason, they sit um, in Detroit. This was a very, like, sitcom episode. Yeah. Again, the laugh track in this episode would have been a perfect addition. Yeah. He hits the gong, and it's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Or, like, the little plant arm, like, touches the (laughs) the woman. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. So that was, oh, you know what was nice? Wes wasn't in this episode, so at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. um, That was good. And also, you know, this is an important part. Uh, Crusher and Tashiar both got haircuts off screen. They both they both showed some new styles, which I was distracted by. It's like there's one scene where like I was like, what's what's different about Beverly? Oh, she has a haircut, and then like cuts to Tashiar. She also Her has a haircut. I, was I like, don't think she got it cut, but it was just like styled up. Yeah. She like she had it all like gelled upwards or something. They did a makeover party right before. I was like, yeah. I was just like, wait a second, because it was like a cut from Beverly to Tasha Yar. They both had new hairstyles. I was like, did everyone get a haircut? What the fuck is this? What's going yeah. on? And then there was some good data lines where he's like, please continue the petty bickering. Um, <laughs> right. Which. Or uh, I liked the. <laughs> to the that giant guy what was his name mr hom mr hom it's like the way you imbibe sir do you have any human dna or something like that yeah and then he like (laughs) looks up he's all offended (laughs) that he asked is that what was happening then (laughs) yeah Yeah. so that was i mean there was like wacky hijinks right it was very sitcom-y this episode it was it was super sitcom yeah. They needed some slap bass between scenes. Bam, bam, bam. Then they go back to cut to Riker in the holodeck, looking at this like alien landscape and being like, "Oh, ho hum." He's listening to like some forty one or some shit. And then, okay, here's here's a question about the holodecks and the ship. Can anyone find anyone at any time? And can you just walk into anybody's holodeck? The answer to the question in this episode is yes. Because she finds him in his holodeck. And then I was like, okay, maybe like she knows that he goes here because they're like kind of romantically connected. And like, you know, this is where he would go when he was feeling emo or whatever. But then Wyatt shows, Wyatt up. shows up. I was like, what? <laughs> where the fuck? How the fuck does... He's not, he's not even familiar with the layout of the ship. How the fuck does he find them? And, and it's like his private holodeck. Like it was just like, whoa, what? Yeah, <laughs> like what, what if he was what in an orgy? Like it would be so right. awkward. And that's or like I, what do you what are you doing walking around the ship? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just like, what? How the fuck did you find them? It, this isn't your ship, dude. You just like yeah. come into someone else's ship and start poking around. Yeah, at, yeah. There's also a scene at the beginning when Riker, when Riker's like, no, there's like the overview. Uh, you know, Picard is like, Haven is a planet that is known for mystical powers of relaxation and like a very gentle and healing area. And I was like, didn't they already go to this planet like three episodes ago? And then it cuts to like Riker watching this hologram of like these women playing instruments. I was like, what's happening? It's, that was kind of bizarre, but I don't know. Um, I like the Terillian stuff. Like I, here's stuff that I like alien fauna. I always like that. I think that's cool. I like different types of characters. Like Mr. Hom was a little bit like sort of one dimensional. Like he's big and weird. Like, that's his character. He talk a lot. Supposedly he didn't talk at all. And then at the end, he says, like, thanks for the drinks. And everyone's like, wah, wah. Right. You know. Black Q laugh track, yeah. And Riker's like, <laughs> looks at Picard, like, oh, my God. And it's like, was that a joke? Like, was that a big deal? Um, but anyway, I like when they talk about the history of other planets. You know, they're like, the Terillians had two warring uh, populations from their their land masses and they one infected the other with a biological weapon and then it ended up infecting everybody and when they sent out vessels for help like they would infect and kill everybody that they came in contact with and they, <clears throat> they thought that they were extinct eight years ago when some other alien race blew up their last ship i was like that you know what they're talking about that they're talking about the uh, in that in that one episode the takan empire i thought that was really cool too the history of this sort of dead empire from a hundred thousand years ago when they start getting into the history of these things and like the intricacies of other worlds i think that's really cool and i was excited about that and even the betazoid traditions i thought that was kind of cool but yeah it's it was just played very wacky i thought like uh you know the the mom of dana troy was just so over the top and she kept being like oh you know he's attracted to me she kept saying picard's attracted her and i was like this he does not seem attracted to her and it just seems like if you were aware of everybody's emotions around you wouldn't you want people to like you right everybody obviously hates her so it's kind of weird to me that she would be so unaware you know maybe that's an interesting foil or like sort of contradiction like she is aware of everybody's emotions but not really maybe that's what they're going for but eh, yeah here's, here's what i like about this is what i like about the betazoids that they established in this episode was because <clears throat> because they can essentially read everybody's minds all the time. Um, it's a race of hyper honest people mm. because there's no there's no point in trying to be deceptive because you can't deceive people. Right. Whenever yeah. Um, so it makes sense that they would all just be honest all the time, um, even to the point of like what we would consider being inappropriate. That makes um, sense. Oh, so maybe yeah. that's how she was acting. I didn't think there was an interesting scene where Wyatt goes and tries to talk to the mother and and he's like, Hey, like, you know, we just saw this ship. So he, so he has drawn this woman for his whole life and she comes on the view screen and you're like, Oh, it's her. Um, and then he goes and talks to the mom and she like reads his mind and is like, this is what you're feeling, but then doesn't help him at all. But that was kind of an interesting moment. I liked Wyatt. I thought he was an interesting character and like, 
he was trying to do good and he was nice to Diana Troy. He was like, do you want to do this? And she was like, yes. I didn't really understand. I thought there could have been a good, a good scene of like her being conflicted. You know, like the whole stuff with Spock is that he's half human, right? So he's always trying to balance like, where's the logic? Where's the emotion? How can I sort of be myself in such oppos- opposing viewpoints, right? And I thought that in this episode, there, w- there was going to be a moment where Dana Troy was like, I'm only half Betazoid. I'm still part human and I have to decide who I am. You know, there wasn't like a, re- a really good moment like that, which I think was too bad because that could have been good for her character. You know? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how good of an actress Marina Sirtis is. There's a couple lines in, in this that I thought were horribly botched. Just, there's one scene where she, like, gets exacerbated or, like, sort of very over the top at dinner. She's like, stop this petty bickering, like, out of nowhere. I didn't even really think that they were bickering. Like, it wasn't that bad. They were just kind of, like, the two moms were, like, kind of being snide to each other, but it wasn't that bad, right? I don't know. I just thought a couple of her scenes were over the top. But no reason to uh, topple the gong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I was hoping that there's so like this guy, the uh, Mr. Hom is ringing the gong over and over again. And Picard like calls Data over. And I thought that there was going to be a funny scene where Data has to interact with like the other inhuman thing and be like, um, excuse me, would you mind stop ringing the gong? You know what <laughs> I mean? But then he was just like, Data, sit down. And I was just like, oh, anyway. It was kind of a funny scene, but it was... I'm starting to feel like I need to change my expectations. <laughs> you know? Um, not because I don't enjoy nitpicking it, because I do, but I also feel like an asshole, and I'm trying to be like, okay, how do we... How do I watch this show as for as what it is, right? Like, I want it to be compelling. I want it to be... I want there to be interesting commentary on space and humanity... And sometimes there is, but so, and everybody says season one is really hokey. Like you'll get over it, and the other the other ones do kind of become that. But yeah, watching this episode, I was just getting yeah exhausted. I was just like, ugh, like I want there to be something real and like an interesting commentary. There's this episode. Well, you know what? I'm not going to spoil it. It's an episode in the future that there's like there's like really interesting moments in TNG that I remember from watching it when I was a kid. And I kind of thought that most of the episodes were like that interesting and touching and thoughtful moments. And the more episodes that we watch that are about nothing like this and that are super overacted, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like maybe I have a misunderstanding of what Star Trek is. <laughs> Cause that, I think that's why we started watching this. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna be patient, be patient, and uh, you know we'll we'll get through this season, and the second season will be better. And this was just like a weird filler episode. Yeah. Uh, Next episode, someone's gonna die. Honestly, yeah, right, exactly. Honestly, um, it was kind of refreshing. You know, like my first point was just that. Uh, there was no real danger through the whole episode, which was great to have that happen once this season. So, so it was kind of mentally like uh, it was kind of know, a break it, episode. Like, let's have was, a yeah. wacky episode that has no stakes, really. 
it was a relief to have a light episode like this come along. Um, so, you know, whatever. Like, none of them have been masterpieces so far. So I'm just, it's fine. But I'm, but I'm still, you know, whatever. It's like, it is what it is. I'm just going to uh, keep enjoying the experience because I am enjoying the experience overall, even though so am I. we're hypercritical. I mean, I think we're just poking fun at it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it. And I think the reason that we will pick it apart is because there's a lot of opportunities for it to be better. And sometimes they do that. Sometimes there are great character moments. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, like, if Worf was in this episode, there could have been such great moments where he's like, at a Klingon wedding, like, the groom must kill the bride's father or something. Like, you know, like, <laughs> there was a lot of, like, great moments for somebody to be like, this is how Klingon weddings are. This is how, like, I don't know. It's any, interesting. Any other, any other race you could think of, yeah. Yeah. Right. Or... What about the Vulcan tradition of blah, blah, like, I think that's the kind of stuff that I like is hearing about also, the differences. Like, why no Vulcans yet? Like not a single Vulcan. Yeah, that's true. They why? have. That's a good. Now, there point. was a Vulcan. There was one Vulcan on in one of the earlier episodes when they were having to like. Uh, I think it might have been the the Naked Now episode where they have to kind of like get everyone into the same room um, to conserve heat or something. Okay, and there's like a Vulcan like, in the background or something. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they're an it's iconic race. I, I, it is kind of interesting. It's kind of like a human-centric ship. Yeah. Like if you look at the bridge, I mean, I guess you have an android, and, and you have Worf, but like yeah. everybody else is human. Whereas if you look at like Voyager or something, I mean, you have. Eh, I guess it's all. You have you Tuvok. Have oh no, that's. Uh, that's Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is always, there's always, like, a different race. But I feel like the main characters in Voyager are, like, I'm, I'm it's embarrassing because I don't remember the main characters in Deep Space Nine. Like, there's the guy who can shapeshift. There's Worf. There's this other woman who has, like, these dots on her eyes who's not a human. They have all these different sort of races, you know, and, and that adds for interesting commentary, right? Yeah. The, and you have a Ferengi, and you have... I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of sort of dynamics. I'm looking at the cast of Voyager because you have Neelix. He's not really like on the bridge, but he's like this little like kind of hoarder type. Um, and you have Kess, who's like not human. Oh, you also have a, a woman who's half Ferengi. You have a hologram. So like, I feel like there's kind of a lot of options. So well, whatever. I mean starfleet starfleet is earth-based right so is it it makes it makes sense that it would be primarily humans yeah and also you have deep or you have a seven of nine who later yeah. comes on who's partially bored i mean i think adding some sort of i'm interested to know what characters they add in later on you know what i mean mm -hmm. like once i mean besides besides Whoopi goldberg <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i'm excited for to hear about how you think that goes the first time she's interested or in, like introduced yeah i mean eh, overall fine i think i was in the mood for something like deep you know and <laughs> yeah right that's not um, what i got <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's whatever 
<laughs> like the day that we watched the naked now i was like totally down with it i was like yeah like this is stupid but funny you know like but today i was like you know I, i'm really wanting like a a good a feel good interesting star trek story like there's a there's this one episode in voyager when the doctor has like this holographic family the doctor is holograph a hologram and like they the daughter like gets sick and dies and it's like super intense and like really emotional for the doctor that's the kind of episode i was wanting this to be and i was like oh damn it <laughs> if you but, want if you want some deep feel good sci-fi <clears throat> then check out tales, tales from, from for tales from the loop yeah check it out i'm gonna check it out i will i've been planning on it um yeah so should we do our rating You, you want to go first? Yeah. I, I was um, also feeling like a dick the whole time I watched this episode because I was just like, I'm not going to have anything positive to say. <laughs> anyway. It's like asking for a raise when the boss is having a bad day. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Six and a half, seven. Like, again, just my enjoyment factor maybe yeah six and a half i guess like it was kind of boring but i felt refreshed not having to um like go through another like uh everyone is in danger plot so yeah you know what this feels it feels like um you know when you're gro- maybe this didn't happen to you but like if i ever got in a fight with my sister when i was younger then i would have to like apologize to her and say like five nice things about her that's how I feel about this episode where it's like, I'm like really reaching to find something nice to say about it. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. I'm, I like the Terillion storyline actually a lot more than I like the a plot. And that's part of why I was frustrated. I, I like the look of their ship. I thought it was cool. I thought, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was an interesting thing. Like, Oh, what, what there's like a, there's a moral dilemma there. Do we blow up this ship to save this planet and potentially kill the last of a of a race? I thought that was going to be explored a little bit more, but eh, that part was interesting to me. So, uh, I don't know, five out of ten. I thought it was. Let's just. I was like searching their people's Wikipedia pages during this episode. That's about as that's how sort of enthralled I was by were, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite part of the episode was that smoking hot blonde. <laughs> did you find that her to be attractive? I thought she looked like a robot. Well, maybe I'm into that then. <laughs> I'll be into the Klingon stuff. You're into that woman. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that was like, uh, Klingon chick was kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was kind of weird because like they 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 uh, do the view screen. Oh my god, I had a good. This is the last bit. My last nitpick. So like, Wyatt beams over to the ship, right? And he's like, "Goodbye." Like, I'm, um, you know, gonna be with them, and I've infected myself. And he like is giving this sort of impassioned speech to his parents. And Diana, it's like, "I'm sorry, blah blah. I'm gonna fix their disease." And and he, they're on the view screen, right? And he steps towards the view screen, and the screen, the camera of the view screen pans up. To, to match his face i was like huh they have like a cameraman view screen operator on that ship 
and then he steps back and it like pans back down i was like that's kind of funny whatever but and then there was a good there's a funny scene at kind of at the end when like luxana was like oh you know your captain's very attracted to me and then she leaves and dan is like that was a joke and he's like i did not find that amusing (laughs) he's just like super butthurt which is kind of of course you didn't (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so anyway oh yeah the last question is why were they at this planet in the first place because as soon as the wedding was over they just left i'm not quite sure what the point of them going there was like couldn't they have just arrived in the middle of space the wedding party right whatever uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) the moral of the story is everyone's interconnected you know and if you're dreaming of some blonde-haired woman your whole life keep your keep your mind open yeah you might (laughs) anyway tune in next time for the last goodbye which maybe someone will die in probably or maybe not Hopefully it's Wesley. It's not going to be Wesley. I know it's not Wesley. But... He, he did die this season already, so we, we got that. <laughs> That's true. We saw him skewered. <laughs> so If this was yeah, a YouTube was... show, we would constantly play the clip of him getting stabbed like every couple minutes. <laughs> that would be our joke. Like Every every time we, we try to play a clip from the show, it's just Wesley getting stabbed. And then the then the zoom in to his his stomach with his skewers <laughs> yeah. coming out <laughs> in the future in the future when we're in like when we're a little more established yeah we'll start doing that yeah that plus the scene when picard's like beverly not now <laughs> <laughs> super cut of the worst moments um and all of uh, also were we gonna do a song of Worf's grunts yeah and him leaping over the and then also a super cut of all of q's outfits yeah with like vogue music (laughs) anyway tune in next time for yeah yeah, coming next time (laughs) coming next time good night (laughs)